This is the Bad Batch podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back with the Bad Batch, Season 3, Episode 4, A Different Approach. Suspicious that all the samples you've taken from Omega never yielded results. Yet one tested by Emery indicated a positive M-count transfer. False positives are to be expected. That result is nothing but an aberration, like the clone herself. We shall see. Once Omega's brought back, the tests of validity will be confirmed. Your future, however, is less certain. Welcome back, fellow Batchers, to TV Podcast Industries. We're back with The Bad Batch for Season 3, Episode 4, A Different Approach to the first of our weekly podcasts about The Bad Batch. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Batchers. Uh, I am one of your other hosts, John. And I am the false positive, also known as Chris. Excellent. Welcome back, Chris. <laughs> um, I'm rethinking uh, whether we should be calling our wonderful listeners Batchers anymore. I'm getting concerned because Batcher is becoming quite a central character in the show. Uh, as this, <laughs> we got there first. You know, well, true, but it is, and it is really nice of the writers of the show to choose to name a character on the show after what we call our wonderful listeners. But I'm just conscious that they keep referring to it as a hound or the beast, and we're calling our listeners Batchers. So, uh, hope none of our listeners take offence to that. We can call you Troopers if you want to, uh, but they also have a, a bad side to them. Yeah, but also don't forget, like, there's also the high possibility that Batcher will die. <laughs> that's, that's that's true, but that also would make it would be another reason why we shouldn't be calling them Batchers. That is the in memoriam of this of calling. We're calling them to honor the Hound, much like the Hound of Baskervilles turned out to be a really smart, important person in Sherlock Holmes. Well, that's true, Chris. Absolutely, like. My view is screw you, Lucasfilm. We were there first, you know. <laughs> Come at us with your lawyers. There you go. No, Not don't, really. Please don't. Please don't. Please don't. I've heard that those Disney lawyers are, um, yeah. they are the best people in the world. So <laughs> love yes, they do. Oh and I, I've also heard that they do really amazing things around here. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's uh, avoid that topic uh, for the moment and uh, move on to our podcast about this episode of The Bad Batch. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, please make sure you pop on over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com and subscribe to the podcast over there. You can also join us over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about The Bad Batch. You can email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with your thoughts about any of the episodes that we've covered. Uh, But also over on our website right now, you should also find our first couple of episodes of the Shogun podcast that myself and John are doing for our 10th anniversary of TV Podcast Industries. Indeed. Are you a fellow warrior Mm -hmm. coming to join us in uh, 16th century Japan? Come on, it is epic. It's very epic. And very adult. And very adult. <laughs> yes. Lots of uh, lots of great warring factions and uh, some interesting Game of Thrones style um, yes. storytelling over there too. Yes. Lots of warring factions uh, and very Games of Thrones, <laughs> uh, as you like to point out. But I think probably 16th century Japan was before uh, Game of Thrones. Yes, Westeros. it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's actually real. So, yeah. like, uh, see, be- that's kind of the chunk yeah. part of it. Based on actual events. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Well, so, the last time I don't know the last time I saw a flying dragon on, with a woman with silver hair on their back. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. I'd say, uh, yeah, that. it That's has actually. Bad. Yeah, but I do feel that uh, George R. R. Martin took a lot of inspiration for Game of Thrones from James Clavell's 1975 novel Shogun. So I do think there is inspiration taken. And yeah, I think, I'm not I think saying it's possible. Not. Absolutely. So if you liked that, you may want to join us for Shogun. Was my point anyway. We're not here to talk about Shogun. We're here to talk about The Bad Batch. We're on to episode four of th- season three. Uh, the executive producers for this show, of course, are Dave Filoni and Jennifer Corbett. This episode was written by Ezra Nachman, who wrote season two, episode seven of The Bad Batch, the one where Senator Chuchi tries to negotiate clone rights. Do you remember that one? The big, big one. Not the Chuch. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, great to great to have Senator Chuchi over here uh, from the Clone Wars. So hopefully we'll see her back this season. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Good old Chuchi. And the episode was directed by Saul Ruiz, and of course, the story editor for the show is Matt Miknovitz. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for The Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 4, A Different Approach? Sure. Following their escape from Mount Tantis, Omega, Crosser, and Batcher crash land on the planet Lau. With Omega unable to contact Hunter and Wrecker, another plan is required to get off the planet, as Crosser brings them to the nearest spaceport. With Lau under the control of the Empire, Amiga and Crosshair must keep a low profile. Amiga takes a risk proposing to ask the official to take a bribe so they can get tickets. But to raise the money to get off world, Amiga gambles in the local card game. But when she plays and wins against the local Imperial officer, Captain Mann, she has some of her winnings stripped from her in the form of a fine for gambling. Leaving the bar, the captain also captures their new pet, Batcher, to draw Crosshair and Omega to a trap at the cargo port. He reveals he knows exactly who they are and that Dr. Hemlock will arrive soon. Omega allows Crosshair to use an alternative approach, using his shooting skills to prevent capture, while Omega releases all the creatures to rescue Batcher. Stealing a cargo ship, they make their escape before the arrival of Hemlock, as Captain Man is trapped in a cage with a very large creature. Amiga takes the ship to a remote location, and finally, after many, many months, she is reunited with Hunter and Wrecker. Aww. Aww. <laughs> so emotional. It really was. It was great. It, it actually was. was. That was the worst part. It was. It really was. Wait. I was expecting something to go really like when you see Wrecker just mm-hmm. staring and then you see Hunter staring and yeah. then you see Wrecker's face twisting yeah. into anger. You're like, oh, it's going to pop off. <laughs> oh, it's about to pop. No, it didn't. Oh. I haven't cried so much after an animation uh, since Watership Down. Now, admittedly, <laughs> uh, that was in absolute terror at rabbits yes. being evil. Mm. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was I was kind of liking the arc of this from going from episode one where we had the absolute desperate episode and desperation of Omega and uh, and Crosshair uh, where you were in kind of tears of depression by the end of the episode and then just the tears of joy coming in this fourth episode uh, as everybody gets reunited and yeah I absolutely loved that scene where we have um, Wrecker on one side. Uh, Omega on the other and they're running towards each other for their big brother and sister hug I thought that was really cute and really well uh, really well done absolutely yeah. uh, no it was it was really warm and fuzzy and mm-hmm. lovely um, it really was uh, I mean it was also tempered nicely with Crosshair as mm-hmm. well coming down from their their shuttle that they had stolen the yeah. cargo ship uh, and, and seeing 
hunter, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like that was very westerny sort it of. Certainly was. Okay, are we going to have guns at dawn, or are we going to have, uh, you know, good old bro a show off of guns <laughs> maybe at, at dawn? <laughs> maybe, but let's get into our blaster points for the episode. I think we've probably already talked about one of the blaster points, but uh, anyway, <laughs> we will move into our blaster point number one. So let's talk about Lao. Let's talk about the game of chance on Lao. So after escaping from the big firefight uh, from Wayland, um, Omega and Crosshair are in hyperspace, but the ship has been damaged uh, and they have to find some point to crash land. I do love the two different approaches here. We have Crosshair running around the ship trying to fix all the damage that's been done by the big uh, space battle. And Omega is just purely trying to get the comm system to work so that she can contact Hunter and Wrecker. You know, she's kind of going, who cares if the ship explodes? As long as I can get in contact with them, maybe we can get taken off the ship before it explodes. Well, I mean, uh, to be honest, I'm not surprised the comms didn't work. I'm more surprised that they survived the crash landing. I do kind of yeah. like the fact that they have made crash landing from space. Mm-hmm safe a survival a, a survival moment yeah. exactly not necessarily safe but i mean there are some serious airbags going on in these in, imperial cargo mm-hmm. ships yep. uh for them to survive that but yeah i well, get it also I, i'm being facetious but course, also but, as we pan across that you just see how spiky all the rocks were they're very lucky to find a soft landing <laughs> exactly. spot there as well it was just as it went behind them i was like oh thank goodness for that i just thought they were gonna crash land just into impaled. the jagged rocks mm-hmm. exactly uh but yeah I mean, they don't build them like they used to exactly. in Under the Empire. Yeah, in a, lo- a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was fun. Look, it, like it, it is very much like an old school space battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have been slapping Omega up in the upside of the head um, if I was Crosshair and kind of like, no, 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 we're about to, we're about to blow up. Please stop working on the comms. Can you just, <laughs> just help at, at all? Um, the crash was funny. I'm like, okay, you literally, what, two episodes ago, three episodes ago, had a crash beside Mount Antis where all the, the troopers also survived. And I'm like, just, just give me one. Just give me one where it's a fiery ball of protons and plasma and oops. Yep. Well, you see how explosive the the fuel is from uh, the film Solo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Um, yeah, obviously, have built the ships to protect uh, explosions from that particular fuel as well. Though tons of Uh, airbags. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, I, I suppose I know this is getting into the depressing season three, the final season of the Bad Batch. But uh, can you imagine if the show? Uh, killed off two of their major characters in a crash oh, in the absolutely. opening minutes absolutely. of their escape from uh, uh, from Wayland. Just be, uh, can you just imagine? Because it would be just like, da, 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 it's over. Yeah, I don't think they play that music, <laughs> even if they are uh, now owned by Disney, Chris. I don't think they'd, uh, they'd go into a little comedy <laughs> moment because um, it wouldn't be a big comedy moment. But one of the important things that does come out from the crash, we hear it from Amiga saying, not only has she been unable to contact Hunter and uh, and Wrecker here, um, the information that they have on the position of uh, Mantatus and the position of Wayland is only retrievable from the, uh, from the system that they yeah, have aboard exactly. and they've just yeah. crashed and it's not, it's no longer working. So um, so they have now lost the position of, uh, of Tantus. 
Yeah, absolutely. Sure yeah, really important sure. point that yeah. uh, that came out from that for sure. Mm. Uh, also, yeah, and it is an Imperial shuttle. Sorry, I mentioned I said it was a cargo ship. That mm. that's later in the episode. Yes, of that's right. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly, um, it's the same type of shuttle that survived the crash on Whaler. No, exactly. So. Yeah, so it, they are they're well built. Those uh, Imperial shuttles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it is an important point because. That would have been pretty useful mm-hmm. if they'd managed yeah. to get away. Yeah. But instead... That could deliver some hope to yeah. the rebellion. Well, yes. that is true. <laughs> um, but instead, they do have to uh, plan to get off this planet now. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of stranded here, and, and more so so that they can then get in touch with Hunter and Wrecker mm-hmm. and reunite. Um, I guess then what follows is, you know, to blast a fire or not to blast a fire, that, <laughs> that is, is the question. question. And so I kind of like <laughs> yeah. these different approaches and just how it plays out through this this episode. But, I mean, we do start with Omega trying to effectively bribe the ticketing official um, who's like, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> 30 grand, please. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... Jeez, you, you know, know, do you know yes, what? I probably on minimum wage behind that counter. The, and I can't imagine uh, the old empire paying that much credits <laughs> for this uh, imperial, well, this ticketing officer. Yeah, do you know, I do really like it because it actually puts Amiga in her place a little bit. While she is our hero of the show or one of our major heroes of the show, I kind of like her going, don't worry, Crosshair, I can handle this as she's seen this happen multiple times before with the rest of the batch, and off she goes, and then she comes back and goes, um, we need 30,000 credits to get off here. <laughs> They're willing to accept a bribe, but it's way above. Uh, in fact, I don't think they have any any uh, credits at all, so um, well, I don't know I, what she was expecting. Exactly. Well, I even like it when the ticket officer, when she says um, 15,000 each, 30,000, but you should be lucky because I'm not charging for the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, okay, fair juice. Yeah, good. no, fair. <laughs> like, you know, that's an extra five here. <laughs> you have no, you have no bags. There's a no bag fee. Basically, she starts becoming the Ryanair of uh, interactive mm-hmm. travel. It's like you want. Do you also want to book a seat? Ooh, that's another uh, ten thousand a... credits. <laughs> yeah, it's thirty thousand uh, just to sneak aboard the ship, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you want a life jacket? Uh, uh, that'll so. be. <laughs> if you have another crash, do you want to survive this time? <laughs> Look, this was fun. You're, you're exactly right. She's seen them do this all the time. Mm-hmm. It does become hilarious that her fascination with doing things her way and not Crosshair's way, mm-hmm. which is also the Batch's way. Like, how many times does Wrecker want to just bring explosives yep. just for the <laughs> hell of it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is their thing. Um, so I, I find it funny that consistently... Her way just loses the money. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes. Like, oh. No, she gains money and then loses it all progressively fast. Well, no, what I mean by sometimes is everybody here is like the character from, from Taken. Everybody has their particular set of skills and Crosshair will always go with, I'll get my rifle out, I will shoot everybody here. I love that what he says about escaping the, the spaceport here is, I'll take out half of them before they even know. What about the other half, Crosshair? <laughs> it's like, I'll never really worry about that. Uh, it's the first half that I can take out because I'm that good. Um, and we see Omega's other set of skills being put to work here. Uh, we've seen this a couple of times um, throughout the first couple of seasons. Uh, she's spent a lot of time in SIDS, she, which is a, a bar that has yep, yep. a lot of gambling going on. Um, we saw her play against the other uh, the other uh, patrons, let's say, of SIDS. Uh, and we've seen her on missions um, up against other people gambling. So Absolutely. we know this is one of her... 
her skill sets, and that's what she uses she, here to get the bri- the money to to bribe the spaceport. Yeah, she is actually really successful mm-hmm. here in this, and it's not just the card game, but she hustles here because yeah. they have no credits, yeah. so she she cons uh, the the first player that. She's got credits that she can give to them. Mm-hmm. So absolutely hustles this fella out of existence. Or it's a Paddy Power first bet free. Yeah, well, kind of exactly. <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and so much so that it pulls the crowd, pulls the attention mm-hmm. of the Imperial officer that's yeah. making his rounds uh, in the form of Captain Man, uh, which silly. then she also <laughs> beats. Yeah. So fair juice yeah. to her. I do love that they got so bored when trying to make this one. They were like, we're just going to, he's a captain. He's a man. Yep. Captain man. It is. There you <laughs> go. It's just like, we have all the other space Star Wars names are taken. We're just going with Captain man. It's a galaxy of infinite names, Chris. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what yeah. You couldn't go with like Captain Lopez. And I'm not going to criticize it until we go and check out Wikipedia and find out whether there is a character named Man in the uh, in the universe oh, that this okay, character is yeah. connected with. Because uh, if you haven't done the deep dive, don't criticize the name, right? Because it could be sure. there for very a reason. Fair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there could very be a Doctor Man somewhere in uh, in uh, another part of the galaxy that this person's connected to, and they could all be connected in the future, Chris. But do you think it's a Mister Man and like a Mister? It might be Mister Tickle. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's Mr. Fine. And together they are the Mr. Men of the Empire. Uh, he's Mr. Fine, because he's going <laughs> to fine you. That could be um, it. That could know? be it. Uh, yep. Oh, uh, well, okay, you win on that one. Well done. That was the groaner. I thought I would have the groaner of this episode, John. You've got the groaner of this episode. <laughs> Yay, I've got a trophy. But I must say, I do like, again, how this plays out. You know, we mentioned about the two of them, um, the two of them facing off and uh, an Amiga winning. And I like the Captain Man goes, yep, well done. You won, you won fair and square. Uh, off I go. Oh, just by the way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. By the way, I haven't seen you and your father around. And then gets the message about the uh, the Dan ship uh, landed outside Lao and goes, hmm, I have put two and two together very quickly here. My maths is obviously very good. I put two and two together really quickly. These are obviously some people that I can rip off yeah. and then finds them. So You realize you're living in a sneaky autocratic regime and that's basically how it plays out. Mm-hmm. I'll play the game and then I'm going to fine you for playing that game yeah. because it's illegal. So, exactly. yeah, I mean, she ends up, yeah, the, the money is fluctuating, but not only that, he also doesn't just take off with uh, a portion of her winnings. Uh, he also takes off then with Batcher, yeah. uh, which also means that more of their winnings gets uh, siphoned off by uh-huh. by a little hustler, a little toe rag selling fruit out the front. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I thought this was just, like, kind of hilarious. But they still have enough, so she won a good amount here, did Amiga. But it is quite funny. Again, I, I just think it's a, a fun little uh, joke in the in the script <laughs> here, where effectively every penny that she has above uh, what they need to get off the spaceport is taken off them by other people. You know, <laughs> you're expecting her to have, you know, a, a, a hundred credits left, and uh, someone comes past going, uh, you know, a hundred credits for my chicken for for dinner, and they have to pay that. You know, you're expecting that it will always get down to the exact amount they need to to pay to get off the spaceport. Yeah. Anything else about, uh, about this point here, about the game of chance in here? I just like the callback to SIDS. Like, yeah, I did. Just, that, that was just for me. I'm just like, to, like if this is, which it is, the last season of The Bad Batch, mm-hmm. maybe, and this, I doubt it, but this is probably 
one of the last times we'll see yeah. Omega for a while, mm. and the rest of the Batchers, they're going to make these callbacks to season two, to season one. It's like, hey, for anyone else, this isn't the thing before if you've watched along with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you watched the Batch before, even in Clone Wars, you're going to get these nice callbacks. I just yeah. thought it was, it was nice. Me too. And I, I just really liked sort of the relationship with... Uh, Omega and Crosshair here. I just mm-hmm. more that Crosshair getting more and more exasperated with what's <laughs> happening. You know, even yeah. like as the Imperial officer comes into the boys, like it's just his eyes peering out from the disguise that uh, and the clothes, or the civilian clothes that they've. Mm-hmm. She's uh, that Omega's taken off um, a washing line. So I kind of, I just kind of like that the, you know, just that increasing exasperation from Crosshair because. He basically wants to start blasting. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, because uh, he feels like he's of no use here just watching over her and minding her pet, her new pet. It's, it's not, not the best use of his talents, yeah. really. One of the quick thing that was an odd to, uh, to sit in there, the first card player that, uh, that Omega Beast is a Trandoshan as well. Um, I couldn't see his name in the credits. I think he's just, he, he's written as excited patron and that's it. It doesn't even give us <laughs> his, uh, his species, but, um, but yeah, I think he's a Trandoshan just like Sid. So this must be their game, yeah. uh, as a, as a race. So that's why Sid, uh, that's why Omega knows it so well. Uh, there you go. Right, let's go on to blast point number two. You mentioned a little bit of this already, John. Uh, the Batcher has been kidnapped, um, yes. their brand new pet. Um, and as uh, Omega and uh, and Crosshair come out of the bar to to uh, go and find him, um, there's a question over which way they're going to go. They have enough money um, to get them off planet. Uh, this is a brand new species that they've picked up on uh, on the planet of Wayland and taken with them. Uh, and there's a question as to whether Omega's go- Omega and Crosshair are going to leave and go to the spaceport or go and pick up Batcher. Um, and Omega effectively throws the money to uh, to Crosshair and runs off after Batcher yeah. as Crosshair has to make a decision as to effectively rejoin the Batch, I guess. I enjoyed this. This is like it, it is showing somewhat the conflict on on Crosshair. Where like you can see the drones multiple times from him, mm-hmm. like, but he still continues and tags along. Yeah, while he, while he is her brother, he does have that older brother thing. Even though he's not yes. an older brother, but he does have that thing of going, "Oh God, not again! I have to be take, I have to be the one to take care of her." He never really was the one that was very openly friendly to Amiga, no. and that hasn't changed over the course of these no. years uh, that they've spent around each other. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think as well, it's also, you know, he's, he keeps saying, you know, don't push it. You know, you're pushing your luck if mm-hmm. you want to go after Batcher. We've got the money. Let's get out of here. As you say, she's pretty adamant. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing they are unaware of is that whilst they were in the bar, there was a patrol that found the crashed Imperial mm-hmm. shuttle. So, yeah. you know, it is over the comms for um the the Imperial garrison that's mm-hmm. here. I, I love the fact again that he just kinda of under his breath he's kinda of looking at an Omega going, you know, my skills are being wasted mm-hmm. here. Absolutely. Uh and it's just I, I again it's just really good. But ultimately, even though she goes off and uh, mm-hmm. To, to rescue Batcher on her own, he does follow, uh, along in the end and help her. Of course. Uh, and again, yeah. even as they jump the fence, it is still sort of tiptoeing around. Mm-hmm. There's not the going in all guns blazing, you know? So I, yeah. 
it's just a nice little da- dynamic between the two. Um, and I think, uh, you know, it has the potential, you know, to deepen this relationship, which whilst Crosshair doesn't have, maybe, or at least not outwardly, mm-hmm. um, I reckon he will soften to it. Yeah. Um, I think and, he already has. Yeah, yeah really. I think he has as yeah. well. Um, and but, I think that, but I think that was the moment, really, that, that choice that he makes to not go off to the spaceport. He could have. He's, yeah. he's been on his own uh, for quite a long time and made those decisions uh, to keep himself alive uh, a couple of times. So uh, here we're seeing that development of the character as well. But I do need my Admiral Akbar uh, sound effect right now because it's a trap. It certainly is. It's a trap, of course. Um, I really liked this uh, this battle in here. Uh, once Crosshair has been unleashed to use his particular set of skills against the uh, against the um, Imperials, as they they find out that uh, not only do they know who the two of them are, but Doctor Hemlock's on his way, and uh, Captain Man wants his money back um, before he uh, before he hands them over. Absolutely. Mm. And so, as I make you know, in a roundabout way, said. Over to you, yeah. Crosser, as, uh, you know, we'll try it your way. Good old shootout here at mm-hmm. the spaceport, at, at the kind of cargo depot. Um, I like the fact that uh, ultimately, as they do escape on the the cargo ship with Batcher, mm-hmm. that they do free. We do have um, Captain Man getting his comeuppance uh, with some tentacle thing that doesn't reside in the sea. But also, what is that tentacle monster? Because we're getting a lot of tentacles at the moment. I'm like, I'm like, when did a galaxy far, far away get so tentacly? Like- in uh, Star Wars A New Hope in the Trash Compactor, which is the first tentacled creature that we saw in the universe, right? Yes. No, About it was 35 minutes into the first movie. Yes. But yeah. it got way more tentacly in this season. People like tentacles. Yeah. Tentacles are creepy. Especially when they can reach out from the darkness and drag somebody into the box with them. Um, yeah, exactly. But did you see the other nod to the other massive movie, the fifth biggest movie of all time, Jurassic Park, uh, was referenced in the in the opening scene as as the camera comes in or the, as the animation comes into the uh, cargo place. Uh, we do see a massive beast inside the box, the one that we see at the end, and we see the guys coming up and jabbing it and poking it uh, through the holes, just like in the the opening scene of Jurassic Very Park. Cool. So you knew that was going to happen. You knew. Well, I did anyway. <laughs> the beast was going to get out somehow and uh, and take out some of the people around it. So, uh, never it keep should, it, evil beasts. Should have awake. ran into a cubicle or a toilet, and then, <laughs> the monster and then took it out. yeah, that would have yes. been good. Yeah, that would have been good. I do love the fact that as the cargo ship takes off and the uh, the engines roar into life, that one of the stormtroopers <laughs> up on kind of a uh, a lookout position mm-hmm. where he's been firing down at Crosser basically just very comically gets blasted uh-huh. uh, literally uh, from the force of the engines powering up uh, right off there and presumably yeah. gets killed as well. That's very good. Like that. Uh, <laughs> never has death been so funny. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, really enjoyed that. Um, the final thing I guess that happens on Lau is that um, Dr. Hemlock does arrive yeah. uh, on Lau right at the end, uh, sees the, the crash ship, confirms 100% for definite. This isn't just two random people that that arrived on Lau. It is definitely Omega and Crosshair and, I guess, an APV being put out now across the galaxy yeah, uh, for absolutely. them from this location. I, it's, there's something... I mean, Hemlock is great. Such a great character. Mm-hmm. I love 
how uh, Hemlock is being voiced by Jimmy Simpson mm-hmm. as well. It's just so dark. Um, yeah. And I'm really, really enjoying it. I mean, again, uh, like right at the start, you see him holding his gloved hand. Mm. Uh, I don't, as I say, don't know whether it's just the mannerism or whether it's just something to do with some of the projects that he's getting up to, his crazy science projects mm-hmm. uh, at Tantis. Maybe he's trying to hide his own tentacle uh, arm. <laughs> it might be. Or he's a clone. I'm starting to think because of what what crosshair and shakes. I'm starting to think maybe he's another botcher and he's a clone. But that's it. The the hand thing seems kind of emblematic here between, as you say, cellular de- degradation yeah, or something like that. Definitely. So yeah. it's really interesting um, just to see. But I love Hemlock. I think he's a really good yeah. bad guy. Um, to to the same point where I want to. You know, I loved his line. I just loved the delivery. Really simple. You know, uh, track the ship and inform the our operatives. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, oh wow! If only I could say that in work, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> track the bicycle That's and it. inform our operatives. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's extremely cool. I just really, 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 really hope we get it. They don't kill Hemlock at the end mm. of this season because I would love to see him. Yeah. In a future live action piece, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah me too. I, I he's such a darker character, mm-hmm. so I you could see him in you could see him in Ahsoka with Grand Admiral Thrawn because he's yeah, kind exactly. of you know that it's kind that ex- of pro- yeah that that you know really highly confidential project mm-hmm. which Thrawn is going to be doing, and you could yeah. see how that could really work. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. Quite and cool. you can see, like, and the, we know cloning continues on into the, the, the sequels. Mm-hmm. So Exactly. Like, again, love to see, like, just an, a slightly older, played by the real-life actor, you age him slightly, and boom, yeah. you got a good, good, again, hopefully, maybe they kill him off in the next episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But <laughs> I don't I, think so. I do but, really like the idea, and I think he could work quite well in Andor as well, um, since that's set around this time, and he's, yeah. he's doing the cloning, yep. and it's something that uh, we suspect will be brought into Andor a bit more in the second season. Um, so you never know. Could be kind of cool to yeah. see him in there. Yeah, definitely. Hey, we love Jimmy Simpson, so um, from uh, from Westworld to uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, yeah. let's see him in, in live-action Star Wars. That'd be cool. He could do the creepy. Very much so. But Definitely. speaking of creepy and speaking of the character, the one other <laughs> moment that we should mention is uh, is Dr. Hemlock with Nala Say um, as she's effectively getting punished or about to be called out, I guess, for uh, for Amiga's escape. Um, again, more mathematics going on here. Uh, he puts two and two quite quickly together uh, as soon as Nala Say is not doing um, the checking on the blood. Oh, shock her. Omega's a perfect match here and yeah. hasn't been a perfect match for five or six months. I uh, have to, hmm, I wonder yeah. why that could be. <laughs> I have to say, I know Nala Say's um excuse didn't cut through to mm-hmm. Hemlock, given that he's a you know, crazy scientist, but I the the scientist nerd in me just geeked out that her her cover was you can always have false positives. I like because she's absolutely right. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. That's I was what I was like. Ah, like, uh, no, let's say. Yeah, but you would as Hemlock go. Oh wait, maybe she's 
Yeah, exactly, but yeah. you could imagine him storming off and going, oh, she could be right. What if we get her back and we can't verify this result? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. What if we spend all of this, like, all of our chips with the Emperor to find this one child? Mm. And wah, wah, wah. Yeah, exactly. Nope. So I thought that was really clever of Nala to say. I just liked yeah. that sort of nerdy moment. I th- and I think it does keep her alive, right? That'll keep yeah. her alive at least until they find Amika. Right? Definitely. So, yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Let's go on to our final blaster point for the episode. And as I said, we kind of already mentioned this. Reunited and it feels so good. Our final moment where we have the Bad Batch being reunited. Yeah. Um, instantly, this is what Amiga does as as they leave the planet Lao. Um, she calls out um, and just says to Crosshair, I've given them a location. They're going to meet us there. I don't know why. I like the choice that... Hunter and Wrecker are already on the planet waiting for them when Omega and Crosshair arrive. It's like as if the second they have the information, the second they're ready, yeah. uh, that's exactly where Hunter and Wrecker are going to be. Because they've, they've also spent the last five, six, seven months trying to find her all across the galaxy. But it, yeah. Uh, and, and Hunter calls that out, you know, and, and Wrecker calls it out. We've gone around the galaxy four times trying to find you. Five. You know? I th- is what Hunter says. Yeah. Hunter says, it's, oh, actually, it's been five. Uh, exactly. And you're the one that made it to us. Exactly. No, that was just so good. Um, it just felt really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And it was just played out uh, so well. Virtues to D. Bradley Baker as Absolutely. well in terms of doing all those voices. Mm-hmm. It was just really, really good. I think it's made even better by the fact that it's tempered because it is such a gushy, mm-hmm. great moment. And, um, you know, this kind of fatherly moment um, but it's just tempered with Crosshair. It's like, oh no, we've just been photobombed. You know, it's almost like, <laughs> why you, you know. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh, but I fully understand what you mean. Yeah. Because he just walks into frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they, and it was just like, oh, and it oh, just takes oh. the mood in a different yeah. direction. It kind of puts the reality back in. Yeah. And it's such, it's done so, so well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, it it was the tension. So you get this such a, an emotional kind of heart heartwarming moment with Wrecker, and then that's amplified again with Hunter, and then it becomes like it changes pretty rapidly, and the tension grows, yeah, yeah. and it just racks it to a sense, and that is delivered by. The, the orchestral moment that kicks in. Mm-hmm. That's additionally increased by, as you say, the, the tone of that is delivered via kind of D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He really earns his chops. Yeah. Yes, he does. I'd say he earns about half the budget for doing the show because, my God, he couldn't do the show without him. He does every single yeah. clone character. He's fantastic. Uh, there's a great little video uh, just before the show was released, um, which had uh, him showing off the new toys uh, of the Bad Batch that are coming out, all the little figures. And he's doing all the voices uh, live, playing uh, playing with the figures. And then uh, Michelle Ang comes in with her Amiga figure, uh, playing with that. And then she has a go at doing Wrecker, uh, <laughs> which is quite fun. Just seeing him live doing the voices. Always good. Uh, always good fun for a voice actor to do so. Yeah. Uh, have a check out on that on the, uh, on, over on X or on Threads, I guess. I'm sure it's Forever known as Twitter. True. Very true. But that's it, guys. Any notes on the episode? Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, none from me. Nothing from my side. Only one I want to add is just that Captain Man um, is played by a pretty famous actor. 
He's played by oh. Harry Lloyd, who played Viserys Targaryen in the first season of Game of Thrones as well. So uh, so there's the Game of Thrones connection for this episode. Yes. Since I talked about it with Shogun. <laughs> and when you told me that he was the great, great grandson of Charles Dickens, I was like, what? In real life, yeah. Harry, yeah in Harry real life. Yeah. I was like, yeah. what? I think there might be another great in there. I think it's great, there could great, be. great. Yeah. 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 Isn't that amazing, though? Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think it's amazing. Chris obviously has no opinion whatsoever about either of those facts. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's cool, but I'm like, bordering on amazing in a galaxy far, far away. Everything is amazing. Yes. Well, did you think the episode was amazing? John, what's your thoughts overall on the episode? Yeah, I give this five remote hmm. emotional reunions out of five. Ooh. I think that ending is just sublime. Really good. Um, and I mean, I, I enjoyed the, the lead up to that. I didn't think there were, there was going to be that reunion. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just done so, so well. Yeah, and you thought the, they were going to get killed in the, in the crash at the yeah, beginning of the episode. Well, exactly. <laughs> so and to have a nice happy moment. I at think the it end helped me that <laughs> In a sense, you know, it's a, we must escape off planet. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the story. It, it, it's simply enough. But again, I like how it develops Crosshair and, uh, Amiga's relationship more. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Batcher there. It, it's there's a good bit of tension. Always great seeing Doctor Hemlock mm-hmm. uh, on on screen. You know, he really does provide the threat for these two, but also more broadly for for the Bad Batch. So yeah, five remote emotional reunions out of five for me. Very good, very good. I really enjoyed the episode as well myself. How about yourself, Chris? Yeah, I I think I said last week that I expected like this to take half the season mm-hmm. or at least a third of it. Um to so to see them pretty much bring them the, the the batch back together, including Crosshair, which I was not expecting. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know what I expected. I just did not think that they would bring him in front of Wrecker and stuff. Yeah. Now maybe it pops off literally the beginning of the next <laughs> you episode. You just the, the doors know. of the Marauder close in the face of Crosshair and leave him behind to take the cargo <laughs> ship away. Yeah, exactly. Later. Uh, thanks for bringing back Amiga. Uh, yeah. But no, it was a lovely ending to the episode. No, it was a, a nice reunion. Oh, it's beautiful. All together. Yeah. But to have, we do, we do have that little bit of tension going into the next episode though. Yeah. 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 Um, so can't wait to see it just roll into the next one. So yeah. But I think I could use a drink mm-hmm. before we move in. Yes, fellow quizzers, fellow batchers, a celebratory drink at the Cantina Quiz for episode four of The Bad Batch. The question is, how many credits did Amiga win in total at the card game played in the bar on Lau? So you have to do a bit of mathematics yourself. Mm. I have to add together all of her prizes uh, to work out what uh, what that was. But it is a nice round number, <laughs> to be honest. Um, John, do you want to give the question one more time? Yes. How many credits did Amiga win in total at the card game plays in the bar on Lau? Excellent stuff. That's the fourth question of, I guess, 15. Uh, one question per episode uh, for our Bad Batch Cantina quiz. And I'm very proud to say we know exactly what's going to be uh, the goodies for our Bad Batch Cantina quiz. Uh, we have five Funko Pops 
for each one, one for each member of the Bad Batch. Yes. But they all come in one box, so there's only going to be one of our lucky batchers who's going to be able to get their hands on that. Yes. And in order to do that, all you need to do is send in all the correct answers to us at the end of the season to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. And as I say, one lucky batcher will get uh, the five Funko Pops of the five Bad Batch members. That's also the place that you can send us your feedback for the Bad Batch. Which is where we're going right now. Uh, feedback on the first three episodes from our wonderful fellow bachelors. First up, Lindsay Lois says, This show means so much to me. I'm so excited and terrified for this season, but I'm so happy with what we've gotten so far. My favourite has to be the moments between Crosshair and Omega. I have looked forward to those two most after last season's dark ending, and I quite enjoyed seeing Wrecker and Hunter grapple with so many of their team absent, and also doing their best to locate Omega. I'm happy they quickly had Omega and Crosshair escape the facility, which really pushes the momentum of the show. And now that Hemlock is so determined to secure her to gain the Empire Emperor's favor, it's not going to be smooth sailing anytime soon. But I'm all in for the roller coaster ride that is the final season of the Bad Batch. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Great to get your thoughts there, Lindsay. Um, yeah, certainly. I think uh, Crosshair and Omega, uh, you can see a real bond forming mm-hmm. there uh with their shared experience you know and um it, it's good that as you say the they've escaped the facility and it it does it really moves it forward uh yeah and the emperor is a an interesting little curveball here yes it um, is. into uh hemlock's motivation mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it was great uh great opening three episodes yeah, yeah absolutely it's really good to see amiga and crosshair together on their own i think it's good to have left them uh to kind of develop their relationship there uh because we haven't seen them on their own much uh, in the first couple of seasons obviously with crosshair being on the other side uh for most of those seasons but even at the start he didn't really want to have much to do with amiga so having the two of them together it's a good pairing yeah isn't it? absolutely yeah. thanks yeah. so much lisey yeah, thanks, Lindsay. Uh, Felipe Florencio says, M-Count is about midi-chlorians, right? Mm-hmm. They can say it. I've already accepted that George Lucas did this to us. <laughs> and Project Necromancer. It's amazing how Filoni, Favreau, Gilroy, and the Bad Batch crew are doing their utmost to try and make Episode Nine's somehow Palpatine returned more acceptable. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... Um, Heavy lifting by an animation uh-huh. uh, for uh, for for the movies that came out for sure, mm. um, but I think it, it's done in a good way. I mean, this is what in I think in anyone else's hands it could simply be trying. Well, we're trying to get them from A through B to the C that we got in the movie, mm-hmm. um, and yes, they are still doing that, but it is around a really good tale by Filoni. So yeah. at least um, you know it's in in his hands uh, as well as Favreau and Gilroy as well. So yeah, uh, yeah this is um, I guess to explain how Palpatine uh, returned somehow returns yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Necromancy kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? Really, just a bit, just a bit. Yeah, it's de- definitely uh, this is what they're aiming towards. But it makes yeah. a lot of sense with the Bad Batch. You know, the, the Clone Wars was really done as a cartoon to bridge that gap between the terrible Attack of the Clones movie and uh, Revenge of the <laughs> Sith, and they accomplished that so well. The Clone Wars is far better than both of those movies, but filled in so many details and yeah. fil- made some really interesting characters out of the ones that were in both of those movies. So here we are with the Bad Batch. Obviously, the continuation of the Clone Wars story now after the Clone Wars, filling in some other gaps that we've got here uh, to how Palpatine returns. So when when it gets to that point uh, in the movies later, after watching all of these shows, you'll be looking at uh, at the characters saying uh, somehow Palpatine returns and go, 
I know how you turned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is a surprise to me. Exactly. <laughs> I think as well, the necromancy element to mm. it as well, I just wonder if it will link into Dave Filoni's you know, live action with mm-hmm. Ahsoka. Um, and, and the work yeah. of Grand Admiral Thrawn. You know, yeah. I think there's a real potential for a link there as mm-hmm. well. But we'll see. Um, exactly. that's, that's much more speculation, I think, than mm-hmm. the more obvious route through to, um, the return of Palpatine in I episode see nine. I can see it. It'd be fun if we have grown up live action Omega, uh, meeting up with Ahsoka in, uh, in the second season of that show or meeting up with, uh, Ezra Bridger in the second season of that show. Yeah, that's that true. she's the still, still the potential link they need to find to complete Project Necromancer or something like that. Yeah, you know, that'd absolutely. be quite interesting. Great stuff. Thanks, Philippe. Yeah. Thanks, Philippe. We also had some feedback in from Alex Baelish, who said, Damn you, Filoni, I love how all the puzzle pieces are coming together with all the shows. This story is so dark and creepy. Those trees are crazy. What else can the Empire Hemlock think of next? He is such a great bad guy. I think even the Emperor knows he's crazy because he doesn't jump to promote him. It's so heartbreaking to see the clones get old and treated like obsolete technology. On a positive note, I'm so glad they found the three young clones. They can maybe bring some hope back into the show. At least I hope so. Excellent stuff. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I certainly want to see them on Pabu mm-hmm. um, and maybe even joining in to help, uh, you know, Clone Force 99 here. Yeah. So that that would be really cool. It I, would. I, I do think there's still, um, you know, room for them in the remainder of the series. Yeah, I, I do see that. But I, I do like that Hunter kind of said, don't worry, you have time to decide. Come to our lovely island paradise and just take your time, chill out. No need to join the battle uh, immediately. Uh, I really like that. I will also say I don't think Pabu is going to be the safest of havens for no. very long. Uh, no. I have a feeling we're going to see a big battle on Pabu in the future. Uh, yeah, I think so too. So yeah. It might not be the safest place. Um, and yeah, it's nice to have a bit of hope uh, in the show, especially after that first episode. But, you know, we can start to hope that our team are getting back together and having uh, and having more adventures together uh, as they're trying to bring back, restore hope to the galaxy. Let's Absolutely. Say. And I'm totally with you, Alex. The, the Hemlock is such a great villain here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he, he really is. Um, yeah. It's just so sinister. Yeah, like the Emperor himself. Yeah. You know, maybe the Emperor sees a little bit too much of that Machiavellian streak mm-hmm. uh, from himself in uh, Hemlock. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely sees that um that w- wanting to climb the ladder kind of mm. kind of part of him where he's going, yeah, I want to be I want to be the leader of the future and the, and the emperor's going, right, just focus on your work right now. <laughs> focus on on the job you have for me and then maybe we'll talk about that promotion you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Russell Hooper says, great episodes. Hunter and Wrecker only in one? Crazy. Mm. Okay, so we're getting a new animated show starring grown-up Amiga and the three boys fighting the Empire during original trilogy time, right? Mm. If Amiga has midichlorians, is she Force-sensitive? I think yes. I can't wait for the reunion, and I'm so glad Amiga saved her pet. I don't know what it is, nor did I catch its name. How many episodes is this season? Fellas, I am so glad animated Star Wars is back. Mm-hmm. Uh, great stuff. Um, thanks so much, Russell. Um, yeah, so Omega's pet is called Batcher. He is. Uh, and is a lurcher hound, lurker hound um, yes. from, I guess, the planet of Wayland, where mm-hmm. Mount Tantus is. That's right. Um, and... Is she force sensitive? I think we've always speculated about that. Certainly, Chris has. Yeah. Um, I'm still not sold. I still think that those kind of dropped lines in Ahsoka about everybody has the potential 
to um, be able to use the force. I think that's all still there. It's just an interesting story here that uh, that she has this ability with her M count. Yeah. Um, my feeling is that she would be a repository for the emperor should he need um, a new body, which is his, which is what his plan is, and that that's very rare to be able to to push his consciousness into a body that would be able to take his force powers. We know he's still looking for that when we get up to Grogu in the Mandalorian. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that's, and that's an actual Jedi. Um, here it would be interesting as Omega, a clone, that a clone would be able to be uh, force sensitive and, and would be able to use force powers. But I think part of that, my connection, I think, is, is with Ahsoka and them saying that uh, Sabine is able to have some very, very small uh, force powers there yeah yeah absolutely and sure. I, I think though in this instance it is about the compatibility with whatever the blood that exactly. is being fed into the the various samples yeah. in this case it is high enough to take that blood which i'm guessing is the emperor's to some degree yeah. but we haven't seen what's in those tubes down in the big vaulted secure over um protected kind of vault yeah. uh, in Mount Tantis that we've seen Hemlock and Nala Say go mm-hmm. in and also Hemlock and the Emperor. Yeah. We don't know what it is and who it is mm-hmm. that they're looking at. Could there. be Snoke. It could be. Mm-hmm. Or it could be the initial versions of the Emperor's clones. That could be uh, could be what's down there. But I, I guess we'll get that revealed yeah. later on in the season. Uh, as for your other questions there, 15 episodes uh, this season. Um, there's a couple of double weeks uh, coming up uh, on the show where they're releasing two episodes at a time. Uh, and then it finishes in, uh, with episode 15 uh, later on in April. So uh, looking forward to that. And one other thing that I wanted to mention, I was listening to another podcast this week. As, as most of our long-term listeners know, when a show comes out, I always listen to other podcasts uh, covering the show just to get their kind of ideas as well and not to steal them so i'll give them credit i was listening to rebel cells who are a, a podcast specifically dedicated to star wars animation and one of the things they were saying was um of course the clone wars as a series finished because the clone wars ended you couldn't use that name anymore otherwise you'd be just telling more and more stories within that that war whereas they now have a new name for the show which is the bad batch focusing on these characters here and that bad batch arc of stories finishes at the end of season three but this is an animation studio that has all of those assets available from all the Clone Wars and all these uh, all these episodes of the Bad Batch. So it's entirely possible that we'll get some announcement uh, towards the end of season three of what the next story is going to be. But you can't announce it if you haven't. If you're going to follow up the Bad Batch with some other new story, uh, you're not going to announce it yet because yeah, that will spoil true. it, right? So, um, so we may we may see an announcement towards the end of 2024 uh, or towards the end of the season uh, of what's coming next from uh, from the animation studio. Yeah, so, absolutely, yeah, let's yeah, hope. So, so it may be future Omega and the three boys running around during the times of uh, of the original trilogy. Yeah, let's hope. Mm. Fingers crossed, eh? Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Thanks, Russell. Absolutely. Alan Morday says, three great episodes. As you said, lots of Andor pr- prison vibes in episode one. In the Heir to the Empire trilogy, the planet that Mount Tantus is on is called Wayland. So that's where it came from. Yeah, so I, I'd said we weren't really sure. It hadn't said on screen uh, that uh, Mount Tantus is in Wayland, yes. but that's from the original. That is where it's yeah, come it's from. from. Excellent uh, stuff. The Empire. It's just been a long time since I've read that, so yeah. I had to give credit to uh, to uh, that quick Google search that Adobe yeah. Planet it was on. I uh, tend to have to do that a lot on the Bad Batch because they don't have uh, those intro writings as you arrive at a new planet. It's like you have to catch that one line of dialogue in the episode, yeah. and sometimes they don't even mention it in dialogue. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks so much, Alan. Thanks, Alan. 
Uh, Dr. Bob Phillips also has some thoughts on each of the episodes. Uh, for episode one, he says, bleak, painful, but beautiful. Mm-hmm. Perfect setup for the season. Now, on to the important questions. Who is Batcher? Are his nuggets chicken or tofu? <laughs> and why haven't the Empire developed better gaskets to stop drippy plumbing? Mm. Uh, on episode two, a well-paced introduction of this pair, the ultimate action dad and his simpler brother, mm-hmm. rescuing lost boys, stirring up into Nysan conflict and running down corridors. Really like the manifold monstrosity of the Slither Vines in all their serpentine facehugger and kraken forms. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a missing scene somewhere where Hunter has a significant conversation about exactly how the cadets just happened to be in the ship at the right time? <laughs> and while I was watching the episode end on Amiga's doll, I was struck by how it might feel very different with a creepy track instead of the sweetly reminiscent tune. Mm-hmm. For episode three... If you release a kindly lurker into forest in Act 1, you need to use them by Act 3. Or why was it there in the first place? Anton Chekhov, 1889. <laughs> We're all set up now. Let the final battles begin. Yes. Thinking about the end of the third episode and the challenges of keeping pets inside before headed to the vets, I had a terrible wondering about if a lurker could use a kitty box <laughs> and if there was one on the Stormtrooper's stolen shuttle. Well, certainly, yes. Uh, these pets do seem to take quite well to um, interplanetary travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Very maybe true. they're just better behaved, really, than any pets that we have currently. Better domesticated. Or maybe it is the chicken or tofu nuggets uh, that keep keeping it sort of subdued right. by... Uh, by- by Amiga. Yes, yes, so not so um not so regular uh, on those tofu nuggets maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I guess you know we've seen in episode 4 and obviously we talked about it earlier on uh, at the start of the episode there's a very funny moment which we didn't mention on the podcast where um Omega and uh, and Crosshair are in the front of the ship, and all you can see behind Crosshair is Batcher banging his head against his chair, trying to get into the cockpit. Maybe he was just trying to get out. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so luckily, they just went to, through hyperspace and landed on the first planet they came to. Right, so uh, he wasn't on there for very long, uh, thankfully. Uh, absolutely, I do <laughs> like the idea that yes, Hunter somewhere must have had a conversation about why mm. uh, the other two cadets were there and in the right place at the right time. Uh-huh. Uh, Hang on a second, like, you seem to come quite. Quickly. Yeah, were you gonna leave us? <laughs> take off without us? Absolutely. Uh, really need to know why. But it seemed like they were happy, happy families, um, and that Action Dad and his simpler brother yeah. uh, had managed to bring together another little family here. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and the drippy plumbing um, in uh, in Mentantis. Uh, it's interesting since it's a, a scientific facility. You'd think they'd have a washer somewhere around to stop the drippy plumbing. Uh, but I did hear a great explanation for this. I don't know whether this is the real explanation or not, but uh, when Omega's alone, it's just one solitary drip that you see fall out of the faucet. And when she meets up across her for the first time, then the next time she's in her room, it's two drips that come out of the faucet. So saying the two of them have met up. Uh, I don't know whether that was the reason behind it. It may have just been Another day, another drip uh, (laughs) coming out. But I did like that explanation. That was a cool explanation. There you go. Great stuff. Thanks so much for that, Dr. Bob. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Bob. Uh, Great to get your thoughts Mm -hmm. and great to get all our fellow batchers thoughts as well absolutely yeah. keep them coming in yeah keep sending them into feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or popping over to our facebook group like all the feedback uh, for this episode and joining us on facebook.com slash 
groups slash TV podcast industries. There's a spoiler post up there for every episode of The Bad Batch as it comes out. Brilliant. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of The Bad Batch. We'll be back next week with Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 3, Episode 5, The Return on March 7th. Yes, and it could be the return of the Mac. <laughs> I could, but I doubt it. <laughs> Probably. I just really want to see one of the break into Return of the Mac. See again, the Return of the Mac. If you are not from <laughs> Europe, that probably means absolutely nothing. But just Google Return of the Mac on, and you'll be a YouTube video, and you will understand why I find it hilarious. <laughs> it's, maybe you won't, but it also could be sleep delirium that I am, as I am podcasting. But overall. The return. We will be returned for the return next week. Yes, it is the returnal of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But thank you so much, fellow Batches, for joining us uh, for episode four of The Bad Batch. Until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and of course, keep being bad. Bye. 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 Return of the Batch. See you in the return of the Batch. <laughs> Thank you.